0: When I was ordained to the Episcopal priesthood 34 years ago the church was very different in ways good and bad. The particular place I was ordained, San Diego, was sort of living life as an opposition to the wider culture of San Diego. The Episcopal church was, was more conservative, was certainly more formal. And so part of the experience of being trained for ministry was to have a sit-down with the bishop, who would give us new clergy, sort of our marching orders, and certainly our guidelines for behavior. So our bishop, I never saw him not wear a suit, even on the most casual of occasions. He was very formal in the way he spoke. His sermons had no humor in them. And so not surprisingly, the instructions he was giving us were full of formality and fairly rigid rules. I remember him repeatedly looking at me as he gave these instructions. And admittedly, I was the youngest of the five clergy being ordained, but I didn't think that I was the most likely to disobey all these rules, maybe only half of them. But over and over, he would say, You may not do any weddings on the beach. And then he'd look over at me. I'm not going to do that. You may not do any baptisms in the ocean. I don't know do there are any baptisms in the ocean, but he'd still look at me. One of the things that he said over and over to the point where I was really thinking that I was in trouble was we could not wear shorts to church. We could not wear jeans to church. And we could not wear a clergy shirt with shorts and jeans anywhere. Now, as he was saying that, I was thinking, how many clergy have I seen already violate that rule in the churches that I visited or been part of in San Diego? So I think maybe I was looking like I was scheming, planning, guilty. So he went over it again and again while looking at me. No jeans, no shorts. Well, as you might be able to imagine, that was the seeds for a 34-year-old anxiety dream. That whenever I'm worried about a big fancy service that I'm going to be part of, I have this dream that I'm back in the church where I was an assistant when I was first ordained, and I walk into the church not knowing there was going to be a fancy service, not knowing that I was supposed to do X, Y, and Z in it, and looking down and realizing I'm wearing a clergy shirt, and not shorts, not jeans, cut off jeans. (laughs) And who's walking up the stairs into the church? The bishop. He is literally gone to his reward and yet he still haunts my dreams because of that instruction. Whenever I have that dream, I know I don't quite feel prepared for whatever's coming and I have to kind of take some deep breaths just to fall back to sleep again. Well, I think of that crazy anxiety dream when I think of Joseph in this morning's gospel having him having the dream to change all direction in his life. Because Joseph had done something that was admirable. He had made a plan. He had made a plan that was going to work out this difficult situation he and Mary found themselves in. It was going to help his community. It was going to help the synagogue congregation. It was going to be a win-win for everyone. Because he had heard from Mary that she was pregnant. And I think Joseph ran through his head. Well, she and I are engaged, but clearly she's in love with another man. So I should release her from our engagement so she can live happily ever after. He came up with this marvelous plan. And then he had a dream. Fortunately, not a dream involving cutoffs. Instead, it was an angel. And it's explained to him in this dream what the situation actually is, and what God actually needs them to do. Now, even though he had made such a good plan, he could sleep deeply, it was the wrong plan. He had to have flexibility. He had to be willing to throw out this great plan in order to pay attention to this dream, to this message he had received from God about how he was actually supposed to respond to this very unusual situation and certainly unheard of when we take into account that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Unheard of. What is that? Mary, we hear about in the Gospel of Luke, has the advantage of actually getting to have a conversation with an angel right in front of her. That Gabriel and she have this talk. Some people say, well, Mary's drinking tea. They talk about what all this is going to be like. And then Mary gets some great poetic lines to speak in the further story as this story further unfolds in Luke. Matthew doesn't even get a speaking part. Nowhere in the Bible do we have any quotes from this Joseph. He simply has to accept that dream and change how he's going to live. That's why for many, many Christians through the centuries, this story, which is the entire nativity story in the Gospel of Matthew, the wise men will come in the following verses, that this story is the example of how Christians today and through the centuries since Jesus was born are called to live. That we do our best to plan, we do our best to be responsible in budgeting our household incomes and planning our time and making sure that we are planning our lives in a way that Gives us time and energy and ability to love others and to love God and to be of good service. But we have to follow the example of Joseph and be willing to throw all of those plans away just in the midst of a good night's sleep. It's a phenomenal level of flexibility. One that frankly is almost hard to imagine for myself. Because We're in a culture that loves a good five-year plan. We're in a society that expects us to have wonderful 401Ks and IRAs and other ways of planning ahead decades. And here, we're hearing in the scripture, not not to save, but rather be flexible. There may be a plan B, C, D, or Z that God will ask us to live out. There may be something that needs done that only we can do. And God needs us to do it sooner than we ever thought. Many people, if they're honest, will find that it actually does happen repeatedly in their lives, usually without the dream component in it. But just suddenly that awareness, that sense, that they need to be doing something different with their life. Professionally, personally, emotionally, whatever it might be. And whenever we have those senses, hopefully we can realize it's the universal condition of humanity we all take those sharp right turns we are we all are called to shift our paths one time or another it's just not something we often talk about one to another and so we have the story of joseph from the gospel of matthew the model for changing gears the model for doing something completely different than the logical thought out plan would be to do something that is shocking. And it's what saves the world. It's what allows Jesus to be born, to be safe, to be raised in throughout his childhood and eventually, of course, to be a part of every one of our lives through all eternity. All because Matthew was willing to pay attention to a dream And not just blame it on some bad hummus the night before. But instead to say yes. To say yes even though we don't get to hear it. Even though he's not quoted in the scripture. He says yes. And shifts everything. We only hear in Matthew or anywhere else in the scripture the actions of Joseph. Not his words. Not his thoughts. Not his motivations. And again, there's a model for us that we get to show by our actions, our faith. We get to show by our actions, our belief. We get to show by our actions how we are following God today, tomorrow, the next day. Knowing in our hearts, hopefully, that that could shift day to day. Depending on what the dreams say, or more likely that that little tiny voice in our mind, or... The voice of someone we trust who tells us a little hint of what God would have us do next we would all love to know what was going to happen down the road we would all love to be able to plan to accommodate it but Matthew is reminding us today that in the life of Joseph it was one surprise after another one divine glorious beautiful, loving surprise after another. And because Joseph was willing to pay attention to the dreams, to pay attention to the ways in which God was reaching out to him throughout his life, he opened the doors for all of us to feel, to experience Christ's love in our lives, to know how to live each day, not concretely, but with that listening and flexibility, and how we can make the world a better place, because we do walk in the footsteps of Joseph, showing with our actions what we believe, how we are loved, and how we love others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.